Welcome back into Ride with the Tide, everybody. I'm your host, Austin Randolph, here with my co-host, Ethan Haynes. How are you doing today, E? I'm good. You know, we uh, ended the season on a good note, getting a dominant win over Kansas State and Sugar Bowl, and uh, got a lot of good recruits who are playing in these Under Armour All-American games, looking really good. Basketball is playing really good right now. Had a big win, first, second SEC game of the season, and uh, a lot of things are going right for Alabama athletics right now. Yeah, we're starting to trend in the right direction in the new year, so hopefully that continues all year long. Um, we asked on our Instagram poll if we'd rather, uh, if you guys would rather us do a, a Sugar Bowl recap or a season recap. Either way, we're going to do a season recap uh, eventually, but um, the Sugar Bowl recap was uh, was the winner of the poll, so we're going to do that first uh, before we do a season recap. And we got some great questions once again. We asked. Um, so we're going to jump into that. We'll talk about basketball a little bit. And I wanted to talk about our recruits a little bit at the Under Armour game. Um, but before we jump into anything at all, um, we just want to uh, say we're thinking and, and praying for Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. Um, really, really scary uh, injury uh, Monday night in Cincinnati. Uh, something that uh, I've never seen before in all my years of watching football. I mean, I'm a football fanatic i sit here in a barstool hoodie that says football guy on it um and i've never seen that before in my life so uh our thoughts and prayers are with demar hamlin and, and we're hoping he continues to get better yeah anyone who doesn't know the incident that happened he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field had to get brought back to life he's still in critical condition but we just got a notification saying he has made shown signs of progress so just keep him in your thoughts keep him in your prayers and try to lift him up to having a better better outcome than what it's looking like right now so let's talk about our recruits at the Under Armour All-American game um I couldn't name all the ones there off the top so of my many. head uh <laughs> but it is a a good bit of them right uh there uh and they do a they, it's about a the game is one day, obviously, but it's right. about a three or four day deal to where um, they go through individual workouts, stuff like that. It's kind of a, a pro day and practice all combined, yeah. um, and it really helps these recruiting industries re-rank these players. Um, I mean, if you look a couple years ago, Will Anderson, he started, he came to the Under Armour All American Game, excuse me, at probably like thirty something and ended up as number three. Yeah. So uh, a major jump there. And uh, some of our guys are kind of trending in the same direction uh, with this Under Armour All-American game as well. Um, they do daily MVPs there, and Keon Keeley won it one day, Yonze Pierre won it one day, and Jordan Renaud won it the first day. So three guys on our future defensive front winning Under Armour All-American game MVPs for their team on certain days is really promising. Um, and those are all three guys that might – take a jump up in the rankings I, I read somewhere to where Keon Keeley was having a Will Anderson like uh bowl or all-american bowl prep and uh, obviously played well in the game too they were saying that he was physically virtually unblockable with how fast he was getting off the ball and the same thing with Yonze Pierre and even with Jordan Renaud who um we've kind of projected him to to slim up and play defensive end but they're saying him off the edge is, is scary yeah. as well so those are all three promising signs right there yeah, I've seen some videos on Twitter and other social media feeds, and these guys are ridiculous. And it's not like they're going up against a bunch of nobodies. They're going up against other four- and five-star athletes who are going to big schools such as Ohio State and Georgia, some schools we'll have to compete with. And the one that really has stood out to me so far the most, obviously all the guys that I've seen have done really good, but Keon Keeley, like you said, he's almost looked like Will Anderson, just 
the way he's getting around the edge of the offensive line and beating him to the point of attack. And then he does that, but he'll run you over too. I saw one where he was going up against a five-star offensive tackle and he just bullied him five, six yards off the ball back to the quarterback. And it's just really good seeing these guys. I saw a picture where we had about seven or eight of them together. So they're already bonding with each other, which is really good because they already have that connection once they get into school here. And I think this is going to be a really special group. It's the highest we've ever had, and it's really looking like they're going to take that high-caliber athletic ability and use it to the best of their abilities. Yeah, this group, uh, it seems like they're already very tight-knit, which is what you want with a class coming in. Yes. In our last episode, we did the, the comparisons for each player, um, and we did Tim Williams for, for Keon Keeley just because – the technique may not been there as much. It wasn't as much of a as a speed and bull rush as Will Anderson style. It was more of a of spin moves and stuff like that. Um, but maybe that's shifting a little bit closer to Will Anderson. That's just what we saw off of his high school film. But maybe it's shifting a little closer to Will Anderson off of uh, his bowl prep. So uh, really amazing to see. And then Jalen Hale's another guy who uh, was really impressive this week as well. So. Um, Good all around the board, and Keon Keeley's in contention for the number one player in the country, and yeah. Yonze Pierre very possibly may get his fifth star off of uh, off of this All American game too. So um, exactly what we want. And then before we jump into the Sugar Bowl, I wanted to talk about basketball a little bit. Last yeah. night versus Ole Miss, got a big win. Um, Brandon Miller looked great. I thought that was uh, one of the better games that we've played all year long. Maybe a little sloppy towards the end, but. Um, I think we're starting to uh, to find the guys that we're going to run with yep. and uh, and get them going. So uh, really, really good to see right there. Yeah, it, it was kind of like for the majority of the game, we were clicking on all cylinders. We were making shots, playing good defense, not turning the ball over. Obviously, we weren't rebounding to what we really want to do. But besides that, I mean, it was almost as perfect as you can play the game. And it really showed because Ole Miss is a fairly, fairly good team in the SEC, and we put up with them and obviously we beat them fairly easily and the young guys stepped up again and really showed that they're they're capable of being superstar basketball players for us and I think once we have everyone fully healthy and everyone sort of committed and devoted to being where their role is on this team we sky's the limit for this team and I think it could be another good year for Nate Oates and Alabama basketball I think that's the way we need to use Javon Quinterly mm-hmm. um it seemed like he wasn't handling the ball as much as he has been in these past few games. Uh, I think the turnovers as a team was down. And Javon Cornerly kind of just being a three-point shooter, get to the rack when you can, and, and play some defense is kind of the way that he needs to play. And um, got to have his veteran presence on the court, um, I think. So really good to see that. Um, so let's jump into the uh, the Sugar Bowl. Um we were looking for the dominant performance all season long. Yeah. It so happened to come in the very last game versus Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Um, I guess better late than never. It's what we wanted to see. <laughs> we wanted to go out with a bang and give us some uh, some promising uh, some promising thoughts for next season. Um, and it definitely did that for me. I thought that was our best game of the year by far. Um, all three phases of the game I thought were really dominant for the most part. I know the defense in the first quarter um, kind of – wasn't great, but I mean, the Deuce Vaughn 88 yard touchdown run is what I guess makes it not great, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they did have the very long drive, the 10 minute drive to where yeah. we couldn't get off the field, but um, that was also kind of due to penalties. I think a penalty aided one of that. Um, but the fact that we made the adjustments that we made on defense and they really couldn't move the ball at all on us, um, aside from the first quarter and a half, 
was really promising for me to see. Yeah, I know that's been something we've harped on all year, especially defensively, is the lack of adjustments. And it was really good to see because we weren't really sure if we wanted Pete back for another year. But if he's able to adjust like that in the moment when the game's going on, I'm perfectly fine having Pete coming back myself. Um, I know you mentioned we kind of struggled for that first quarter and whatnot. And something, I know we didn't get asked this question, but it just came up to me in my head. I know we script plays. Every team does it. You have a script set of plays that you want to run before when you run out of them, then you sort of just freelance it. Do you think the script plays are the reason we kind of struggled our first eight, not maybe not eight drives, but two or three, four or five drives because Bill O'Brien really doesn't have a college-level script? His his scripts are meant for the NFL. Do you think maybe that could be a reason that we don't really see our offense really perform to their standards until later on in the game? Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about it that way either, but that is a, a good point. Um, obviously, you, you script your first couple of drives every single week, every single game, and the the kind of the get out of the gate for our offense has never been that good. Um, maybe the protection breaks down. Maybe something isn't ran the right way. Not completely sure, but that is a very good point that the script may just be absolutely trash. Yeah. And then we adjust on the fly and the offense gets better, um, which is, I guess is a, is a good thing for Bill O'Brien is that he can adjust. But, I mean, even now you want to talk about NFL offenses – the NFL offense, our the offense what we run out of our script wouldn't work in the NFL either. It's just not a good offense. Like never works early in the game. But I will give credit to Bill O'Brien. I thought he adjusted throughout the game, and I he, I think he did end up having a pretty good game. And what we all think and all hope is his last game in Alabama. It better be, it better be. Um, I think really the the changing point for us was the big run by Deuce Vaughn because that sort of kicked us into gear and was like, oh wait a minute, we're actually playing a game right now. We gotta figure out how to get back into this thing. And then you have Bryce Young, a little, little dump off to Jameer Gibbs that went for 60 or 70 yards. It really sort of kicked a fire, fire start into offense there. And we didn't look back after that. Bryce, I mean, we're going to miss him. He's arguably the best player we've ever had. He he was un, undoubtedly amazing once again, throwing p- perfect dots to players. I think the one to Ja'Cory Brooks in the corner of the end zone might be one of the best deep throws I've seen in a long time. Um Will Anderson really didn't have that much of an impact. I think I asked you in the game, I was like, why is he not playing? Like, it was just weird not seeing him out there. But the guy who did step up for me on defense was Brian Branch, another guy who it's going to be sad seeing him gone with him officially declaring another day. And he's he's special, man. I think he had like 14 tackles, five for loss, a sack, a pick. I mean, he's he's ridiculous to me. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, he was, I've said all year long that he was the best kept secret in the country and he's yep. not really a secret anymore. No, um, first rounder. But yeah, he's going to get, he's going to get his money. Uh, good for Brian Branch. It was really good to see him go out like that. I've been a huge Brian Branch friend for three years now. And uh, I'm glad that the world is really catching on. I know Alabama has really held him to a high standard, but um, one thing when I went back and watched the game over again, while Will Anderson maybe didn't play as much, um, I heard rumors that he may have been on a pitch count. Don't know how true that is. Yeah. Um, but we ran a lot of uh, a lot of two defensive linemen sets a lot a lot during the year. We run one defensive lineman out there sometimes. Sometimes in this past game we had two, and uh, that kind of takes one of the outside linebackers off the field. Whether it would have been Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, Braswell, any of them. Right. Uh, there was a one less one on the field during in those sets, so that may have been a reason why uh, Will Anderson wasn't on the field as much. I would have played him because he's the best player we've got. Yeah. Um. But uh, that's not my call. Uh. And one thing I want to say about um the Deuce Vaughn long touchdown run, 
Kool-Aid didn't make the tackle, oh but he gosh, came all yeah. the way across the field and almost chased Deuce Vaughn down, who's who's really fast. Very fast. And I think that just goes to show how uh, he's kind of put the whole game into a into a, a bow for me. Mm-hmm. Is like, okay, Alabama is still Alabama. The standard. The, the standard, standard is still the standard. Kool-Aid is going to go into next year and be a leader. Yeah. Because of what I saw right there on that play right there. Yeah. And you you mentioned the Jameer Gibbs uh, catch and, and run. It seemed like we were, we watched the game together and we talked about it. It was like our whole offense is broken plays. Mm-hmm. All year long is a running back little angle route that goes yeah. for 60 yards is our whole entire offense. We have to have that or we're not going to score. And I think that was true for, I guess, 20 minutes in the game on, on Saturday. But we started going tempo. Yeah. We started scoring. Once we started going tempo and taking shots down the field, our offense was basically unstoppable. And it was there all season long, and we just didn't do it. Yep. Is what I mean, like, I know we should be happy because we dominated Kansas State, and I am happy we dominated Kansas State. But I'm also looking back on the season like this was here for us all year long, and we mm-hmm. didn't do it. Use tempo, take the top off, and we can stretch the field we're going to be fine. We, we just didn't do it all year long was what was a frustrating part for me. Um, but it was great to see that uh, in the last game at least. Another thing when you're, while you were talking about that, that we did more this game and it worked for us was the play action and the bringing of the RPOs. We ran a few more of those. And every time we did it, we either had a guy wide open or a guy who was creating separation for an opportunity to be open. And It's just, I wish, like you said, looking back on it, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish we could have done that more throughout the year. But – as far as I can see, it's I don't think we'll have O'Brien back next year. So whoever we do bring in as our new offensive coordinator, hopefully he'll have that ingenuity and be able to run similar plays to that. Um, one more thing I want to touch on on the game is a couple of the young guys got in, even sort of more towards the end of the game. But a couple of the young guys played during the game, like Tyler Booker and Deontay Lawson, really had big roles and had really good performances. What really stood out to you from – not only the young guys there, but the young guys who got in farther towards the end of the game, too. I think it was really promising. I mean, Tyler Booker's played a lot this whole year. I mean, I guess you could consider him a starter Yeah. at this point. I guess he was a co-starter. I don't know. I, he had a really good game again. I thought Deontay Lawson played really well again in the game. Uh, receivers, Kendrick Ball, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, for a guy that didn't have a single catch in the entire game, had a great game. Yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but Kendrick Law's physicality, when he's on either punt return, punt block, whatever he's on, special teams, whatnot, blocking as a receiver, that's something I love to see. And it's kind of like the Kool-Aid thing you said. The standard's the standard. These guys, even though, like you said, no catches, didn't even get the ball thrown to him, he's still out there giving it 100% all the time. I just love seeing that. Yeah, his physicality reminds me of somebody that's like 6'3", 220, yeah. but he's like 5'10", 185. <laughs> he just wants to hit somebody, and that's yep. what I like to see. He looks like a running back, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of the young guys that played in the game, Jamarian Miller, I thought he kind of just – he has to play next year. He like, got to. He has to. He has to be – He's special. He has to have the second most carries on the team next year, assuming that Jace McClellan comes back to school. He has to have the second most carries on the team next year. He, he is really, really good. Um, other guys, the, the two freshman receivers, Bond and Prentice, I thought played well too. Uh, kind of big catch. Yeah, Prentice. they kind of like what we expected all season long from them 
happened in the last game. I guess that's the theme of the game is what we expected mm-hmm. all season long happened in the last game. So maybe that'll spring them forward to having a good spring and summer and then uh, carry that into the fall. Defensively, we actually played uh, Jihad Campbell as well some, yeah. and Sean Murphy uh, towards the end of the game. Um, they had a couple mental lapses, which I guess is to be expected from the young guys like that. But yeah. physically, they were not in the wrong place at all. They looked, uh, they looked the part. Uh, Jihad Campbell came up and, and hit somebody in the mouth, and it was nice to see. Um, but I, I think I don't think I'm leaving anybody off the young guys that they got in the game. Um, if I am, then uh, let me know, and then I'll tell you in the comments what I thought, <laughs> or you can tell me what you think of them. Uh, another thing that I want to say is I don't know how much I don't know if we gave Kool Aid the credit as a fan base that he deserves this year. He was arguably the best corner in the country. Mm-hmm. Completely locked down. Like you could do nothing on Kool Aid all season long. Like I think. Off of this season alone, if he was in this draft, I think he'd be a first-round pick. Yeah. He completely solidified himself as corner number one going into next season. Oh, yeah. And and maybe actually a top-ten pick as well. Well, the thing is, I mean, you have all these other stars around him. Like, you got the Will Anderson. You got Brian Branch. You got Jordan Battle. You got Dallas Turner. You got Henry Toa Toa, for all that matters. Eli Ricks. And that's just on defense. He switched offense. It's a completely different story there, too. But he was, like you said, undoubtedly one of our best, if not the best player on defense, maybe offense, we had all year. I think aside from one or two catches, he didn't get beat at all this year. And It kind of reminded me of Patrick Sertan. Obviously not to his level because Sertan, I mean, he's one of the best we've ever had. But he was just locked down for us, and that's something that we haven't had since Sertan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think going into next year, he's definitely – the the leader of the defense and then um he's exactly what we want completely mm-hmm. to take us out of the field away um yeah. really exciting stuff from kool-aid and he works super hard so I, I know that he's going to be amazing next year one of the most surprising things for me all year long was that he didn't return a punt to yeah. uh, for a touchdown yeah. I, I thought that was going to happen i thought that was definitely going to happen well, after the first so. after like the first three games of him returning punts teams started either pooch punting or kicking it away from him and i can't blame him there um one, one or two more things I want to cover before we jump into questions. The hiring of HaHa Clinton Dix as the player development guy is the biggest step in the right direction Nick Saban's made this year and in the years past. I think that's such a good move for him. I'm hoping we start to bring in people like HaHa who know the game and have been around the program and know what it takes to have that Alabama mentality. A big guy I would like to see come in if he ends up retiring, which I think he will, is Dante Hightower and maybe even Mark Ingram. I just think that they've been around some of the best coaches there ever has been, especially Hightower. I mean, he went from Saban to Belichick. And just their football mindsets and their knowledge on football and what they need to do is just something I would love to see back in the program. But sticking to Haha, how big of a, of a hiring do you think that is for Alabama to get him back in the building? Yeah, like you said, I think it's huge. Um Obviously, player development guy, I think, is what he was hired, his official title yeah. that he was hired as. Uh, that cannot coach on the field during the games. That cannot recruit players. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of just a mentor thing, which is a great role that he needs to be in. Yes. You know, I mean, he can still coach off of cameras. Mm-hmm. Like, he cannot be on the field coaching, but he can be in the, in the indoor doing one-on-one stuff with our guys. Yep. He cannot call – uh, I'm getting a spam risk. He cannot uh, call the uh, the five star in Miami and recruit him. But right. when the five star in Miami comes to Tuscaloosa, 
he can recruit him. All hands on deck. So I think it is a terrific hire. He's uh, very passionate about Alabama. Yeah. Um, he, he seems like he's very, very smart, everything that I've ever seen. He knows how to do it. He's been through the process. He was a five-star. He was a All-American at Alabama. He was a first-round pick. He was an All-Pro, uh, played in the NFL for seven or eight years. Yeah. So that's exact. he's laying out the blueprint for these guys, and uh, and it's starting to work. And it's, I mean, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not <laughs> that the first game that he was technically on staff – our safeties played the best they have all year long. So exactly. I don't know. And you mentioned Dante Hightower as well. That's another one that I would love to get. He seems like he's very passionate about Alabama as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that would be great. And the last thing I have before, we, if we want to jump into questions, is a guy who we didn't expect to come back this year. He originally was saying he was going into the draft. You know, he had agreed to be in the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl. But Will Riker coming back for another year, Alabama football. That's such good news for me because that gives Talty, one of the guys we have a kicker assigned, gives him a year to develop and sort of learn from Reichert and sort of get experience as a kicker. But one thing I want to note on before I turn over to you on that is I think I saw where Reichert needs 105 points this upcoming year to be the all-time point leader in college football. On average, he's averaging 106.5 right now, so that would be something special if he could get that. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's actually pretty cool. But I mean, I would expect that he kind of he's going to get that next yeah. year. I think that might have been one of the reasons he came back. That <laughs> and uh, obviously nil yeah. is a, is a big thing for that mm-hmm. as well. But um, stoked that Will Reichard is coming back. We get the the forty nine yard layups for one more year. So uh, that's that's a great thing. And then um, I was surprised that Eli Ricks entered the draft yeah. a little bit. We hadn't talked about that at all. I was surprised that he entered the draft. Um, I thought that he was going to come back to school, um, but I think his plan originally was to come here for one year, be a one-and-done, and, done and uh, go to the NFL. It just didn't work out the way that he wanted it to work out. I mean, he, the few games that he did play in, for the most part, he was really good in. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, he'll, he'll test well in the in the combine. I think that uh, – I don't know if he'll be a first-round pick, but I expect him to probably be a second-round pick, maybe an early third-round pick. So, I mean – He's gonna bet on himself, like he said on his social media, and I mean, we can't blame him for it. He's gonna he's gonna accomplish his lifelong dreams of playing in the NFL. So, uh, congratulations to Eli Ricks. Yeah, he's a special player. I wish we could have seen more of him. Was with you, I was really hoping he was gonna come back again for another year, but I can't blame him. He's one of those special talents that will I think will succeed in the NFL. Um, I saw you were posting on Twitter the other day where. Who gets to claim him, Bama or LSU? Obviously, if he does good, we're going to claim him as Bama fans. Yeah. If he has a bad NFL career, he's an LSU guy, no doubt. But I really think he's going to be special, and I really hope the best for him in the NFL. Yeah, he's going to go on his, uh, on Sunday Night Football in the introductions. He's going to say <laughs> Eli Ricks, DBU, and then we're going to argue on who he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing I want to say on the Sugar Bowl, I know we kind of got off track with that a little bit, though, is uh, – Thank you to Bryce Young and Will Anderson for playing in the game. Yeah. Um, that was awesome to see. Thank you to Jameer Gibbs as well for, for playing in the game. Um, what Bryce Young did and what Will Anderson did means so much to college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting into the world where opt-outs be kinda, are kind of becoming the norm in their bowl games. and um, I, I understand it for the, for the point of them saving themselves from injury, but for a fan perspective, we all want to see them play. Yeah. Um, Football is a, is a game, but it's also an entertainment source, mm-hmm. and we always want to be entertained with our best players. So thank you to Bryce Young and Will Anderson for playing in the game. Um, thank you for having outstanding careers at Alabama. I mean, 
unbelievable careers. I said something about how not only are they two of the best players that we've ever had, they're two of the best leaders we've ever had also. And uh, I just hope that some of the people that are returning on the roster kind of soak that up some and they can continue the leadership that those guys brought. Yeah, exactly. Um, Special players, special people. Look forward to seeing them in the NFL. i got a big feeling that they're going to have great careers there. Um, Moving into questions, we got a lot of good ones again. Starting off with Kijani, he asked, have you heard any of the rumors about Burton changing his mind and declaring for the NFL draft? Yeah, I have heard some of the rumors that um, the ending to the season, uh, especially the Sugar Bowl, may have uh, persuaded Jermaine Burton to enter the NFL draft. Uh, I know that he has said that he plans on coming back to Alabama for another year. I hope he comes back to Alabama for another year. Um, I don't think there's much substance to the rumors right now. I think that he will come back to Alabama and lead the receiver room. He said something uh, after, even after the Sugar Bowl on why he was uh, deciding to come back to Alabama is that he wanted to come back and be a leader for these young guys, yeah. be a leader for the guys coming in, which is another thing when we go back to the standard what we're talking about is what we want to see, what we want to hear. Um, so hopefully that's what Jermaine Burton does. I do think he will come back, but I hope that he comes back to be a leader and be a, a key part of a of a, a good receiver room. Yeah, like you said, his last, not only the Sugar Bowl, the last three or four games were really good and showed his true ability, kind of what we expected him to do all year. And I couldn't blame him if he did decide to go to the NFL draft. I think he'd end up being a mid-fourth round, third-round pick type guy. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world. Do I think he does that? No. I think, like you said, he'll end up still coming back and agreeing to what he had already said in the past where he's coming back to plans to lead the receiving room and be not only the number one receiver but being a leader for these young guys. And I think if we get the Jermaine Burton that we had the last three or four games, I mean, he could be one of those special Alabama receivers that we've seen in the past. And I think he's a, a really good player, and I think he will be back again next year. Um, another question from Kijani was thoughts on Lawson's performance and who starts alongside him next season. Uh, I think Lawson brings back the uh, the mentality that we've missed at linebacker a little bit, not to take anything away from uh, Henry Toto's IQ and stuff like that, but uh, Deontay Lawson is what I would call a killer mm-hmm. on defense, and that's something we haven't had uh, in a while, maybe since Rashawn Evans. Right. Um, so I think that um, him coming back to play Mike next year, which I expect him to play Mike and call the defense and be the leader, uh, is huge. I think he's played, he's had some mental lapses um, while he's played this year, which I guess you can expect from a first-year player in a pretty complicated defensive system. Yep. Uh, but they got less and less throughout the season, and I mean you can see that he's a heat-seeking missile basically yeah. on every single play. He'll blow a play up in the backfield, shoots the gaps really well also. Um, so I expect that he's going to come back or come into next year, be a leader, kind of like Kool Aid, and have a huge year. But uh, there's a huge, there's a ton of competition to start. Who's going to start beside Deontay Lawson next year? I mean, you got four four names off the top of my head I can throw out. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is probably going to start. I think uh, that's. Uh, a really kind of immediate impact get uh, yeah. why we took him. He needs to get a little bit of weight, but I think he's going to be huge for us next year too. Yeah, I, I like how you mentioned Jefferson. I think he's if he puts on that weight, he's just so special and so athletic and a, a weapon that we could use there. Lawson looked really great, really good. You know, um, like you said, he was all over the field, all looking for the football everywhere he went. Made a couple big tackles in the backfield, assisted in a couple big tackles. I think. Just another year of experience and learning from Alabama's defensive minds is something that will really help him. That's another reason I wish we could get Hightower back in here because he's so smart and would be a, such a good mentor for these guys. 
But um, a, apart from the side, the people who I think will start alongside him next season, like you said, there's four or five. I actually have some pulled up right now. I mean, Campbell, Jahid Campbell could be one. Um, Quandarius Robinson, Demoye Kennedy, Kendrick Blackshire, Sean Murphy. I mean, there's all sorts of people. Justin Jefferson, like you said, I think if he puts on the weight, I think he is an immediate impact type guy. And another freshman who coming in who could move to inside linebacker and be an immediate guy is Quay Russo. I mean, he's skilled enough to where he could be like the Rashawn. I think we had Rashawn Evans as his comp to where he's originally an edge guy, but he can play the inside guy because he's so skilled. And I think there's a lot of people who will be battling for that second inside backer position next year alongside Deontay Lawson. Um, from Teeny Bama, with Ricks leaving, what do you expect in secondary to look like next year? I think uh, I posted this on Twitter and actually got a lot of throwback at me. A lot of people disagreed with me. Um, But I think it's pretty easy. I think that the guy who started seven or eight games Mm -hmm. last year is going to start every game next year, assuming that he's available. Terry on Arnold, I think, is is the easy answer for who's going to play outside corner next year beside Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, I think that Earl Little is going to play in the nickel position, play that slot corner. Um, at safety, I do think Caleb Downs starts, and I think that Malachi Moore plays safety as well. Um, he's listed as a safety on the depth chart. He's also listed as a star. He's listed in two spots. He's played safety uh, pretty much since he's been here, but he's also played star as well. Um, and so I think that we're going to need his veteran presence and um, his leadership in the back end with Caleb Downs being a freshman. I think that Malachi is going to come in and play safety or come – be a safety next year and uh, and lead the defense. But I think that Terry and Arnold's the easy slam dunk answer to play outside corner next year. Yeah, part two of Team Bama's was him saying, I really like Earl Little Jr., who why are fans sleeping on Arnold at cornerback? Um, I'm with you. I think the secondary is the, exactly how you said it. I think Malachi Moore needs to put on maybe 5, 10, preferably 15 pounds of weight to be at safety position. But like you said, he's played safety his entire career. He knows how to play safety. He knows what he's doing there. I think he'll move to safety. I think Arnold and um, Kool-Aid will stay at corner. And I think Little will be the slot guy because he Little's going to find his way onto the field. He's too too good of a talent not to play. But I think that Arnold and Kool-Aid are, are centerpiece corner guys right now. I mean, Arnold had maybe one or two quote-unquote bad games this year. But for the majority of the season, he was really good at corner. And this is coming from a first-year guy. He hasn't played a lot. I think he was one of the guys who was a safety originally and got moved to corner. So that's just showing you how good he can truly be if this is his first time really even playing corner and he's starting at Alabama. So I think Arnold's a sure starter next year at corner, barring any injuries or any off-the-field issues, which hopefully doesn't happen. But I don't see any any disrespect to Earl Little either because I think he's a really good player and will start at the nickel position. And for all we know, he could – end up being good enough to where he moves the corner the next year. Yeah, I mean, and then to answer the second part of this question is why are, are people sleeping on uh, on Terry on Arnold? I mean, his, like, I get there's corner and kicker and maybe quarterback sometimes are the most hated players on the team. You can have one lockdown corner, which was Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. and one guy who makes the plays 80% of the time, which is Terry on Arnold. They're gonna see those twenty percent and find something to complain about, which is the is the nature of the of the game. I mean, Taron Arnold, I thought he kind of he played pretty well all year long. I think we're kind of discrediting him a little bit, especially um, for a guy who's playing corner for the second. This is his second year playing corner, exactly. and his first year 
playing corner against real competition in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that for the first time, really game action and corner, I thought he, he played pretty well all year long. I mean, obviously he had his moments to where um, he got beat. But, I mean, that's something that happens with every corner. I mean, if you can go back and – uh, remember Kool-Aid's freshman year and Sertan's freshman year and, and the first year Marlon Humphrey played. They all got beat some, and everybody was like, ah, oh, these guys suck. Mm-hmm. No, they, they don't. They just have to – I mean, corner is one of the hardest positions in football to play. Yeah. Like, you have to get your feet wet before you can fly, yep. if that makes sense. You have to you have to barely walk before you can run, and I think that's what Terry and Arnold did this year. So I think that he's going to be good next year. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people saying – He's going to move back to safety. Maybe he does. I, I personally do not see that happening. Um, he has he played safety in high school, and if you go to his recruiting profile on 24-7 or on three or whatever you, you use, it's going to say either athlete or safety. Yeah. And he, this first day when he got to Alabama, he played corner. He has never practiced one single time at safety at Alabama. So that leads me to believe that he is a corner for the long haul here at Alabama unless – barring injuries or something unforeseen happens. He is probably a corner for his entire career now. Moving back to Jermaine Burton, I should have paired these questions better. From Noah Higdon, 24, what can we expect from Jermaine Burton next year with Bryce Young being gone? Uh, I mean, that's more of a quarterback question, I think. I think uh, if if we have a, a talented passing quarterback, then we're going to get Jermaine Burton that we've seen throughout the last few games. Um, but – if we are a run-centric team, I think we're going to see something similar <laughs> to what we saw this year. Uh, but I think that uh, I do think that we will be able to pass the ball efficiently next year, and uh, we'll see a big year from Jermaine Burton. Yeah, I think I think Ty Simpson's our guy next year. Personally, if it's Milrow, I expect Milrow to be the best quarterback for the moment. So who knows there? But uh, I think we see a good Jermaine Burton again. I think we see the last couple of games of Jermaine Burton. I think he's really stepped up and figured out his role in the team, and I think that'll carry over into the next season there also. Um, from the Taylor Goodwin, the wide receivers really came on strong to end the year. Is this what we should expect next year? Yeah, I think you can definitely expect that next year. I think that needs to be what we expect next year. Um, it's Alabama. We expect greatness. We deserve to expect greatness from what we've been given. We've been given greatness, so we expect greatness. Especially the receiver position. We've been spoiled uh, <laughs> spoiled so rich to have great receivers here at least, uh, in the last few years. And um, we kind of got let down a little bit this year um, with what we saw. Uh, maybe it's some of the scheme. Uh, yeah. I think it's some of the receiver coaching. I don't know if the receiver coach is going to be gone. I hope he is. Uh, and I hope we bring in somebody that can help these guys excel. Uh, but I think that – uh, all of our guys are going to have good years next year. I think that um, we'll have two veterans in Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton who's played a lot of football. Um, and they're going to probably lead the receiver room next year going in. Uh, maybe even Malik Benson is going to uh, be a starter as well, the JUCO transfer. So I think those three guys, along with the uh, the three freshmen in, in uh, Bond, Prentice, and, and Kendrick Law, are going to kind of be the main six that uh, – get most of the, the reps at receiver, and I think they're gonna, we can expect them to all have big years. We've seen them all do really good things, so I think that's what we're going to uh, see going into next year as well. Yeah, without going too far down the coaching spiral of hate from us, um, I do think we see a change at receiving coach and more than likely offensive coordinator this year, and I think that really helps our receivers in the long run. I do expect us to have another big receiving year from our guys, not – Maybe not up to the 2019 like class type deal where you have 
four first round, five first rounders in that group. But I think these receivers are really talented and have a lot of ability, and I expect them to have a good year like they had at the end of the year here. Um, I, I don't know who the quarterback will be. Obviously, that'll play a big factor, as we mentioned earlier. If it is more of a run-heavy offense, run-heavy quarterback scheme, maybe our receiving numbers won't be what we've seen in the past. But if it's something where we throw the ball more and let our playmakers make plays, I think the receiving room is going to have another really good year there also. Um, our final question from Wyatt Hastings, when do you expect the new offensive coordinator to be named, and is there any chance we see a change at the defensive coordinator position? Well, the current offensive coordinator has to be off staff before we can name a uh, new offensive coordinator, but I do think that kind of happens fairly quickly, um, not like immediately, like not tomorrow. Uh, but I think maybe within the next couple of weeks, we start to uh, we start to hear the names. We start to hear the buzz and the rumors of uh, this guy is going to be our next offensive coordinator. Um, so I think in the next couple of weeks, we could start hearing some stuff defensive coordinator-wise. Um, I personally – don't really know if we're going to see a change at defensive coordinator. I read a uh, thing on some message board, so you never know how true these message boards are. <laughs> Get your information from Rod at the Tide and not the message boards, guys. Yep. Um, I was being very sarcastic right there. We're two idiots. And uh, But so it was saying that like Ole Miss is going to take Pete Golding and it's kind of a done deal. Um, if that happens – that leads me to believe he is pushed out because he is not taking another defensive coordinator job anywhere in the country. He's not making a lateral move unless he is forced to make the lateral move, which would mean that Nick Saban is saying, hey, you're done here. Take this job. Um, So if that happens, he's forced out. And if that happens, I believe that the writing is on the wall for Jeremy Pruitt to return to Alabama. Please, Jeremy Pruitt, come back. If if his penalties aren't too harsh from the SEC, I I do expect Pruitt to come back, and I would love that because he is a great defensive coordinator. Was actually watching some of the highlights of his defenses here earlier today, and those defenses were just nasty, dude. But um, offensive coordinator wise, I'm and with you, uh, O'Brien's contract hadn't been extended, probably will not get extended, but we can't hire anyone until it's for certain he's gone. Um, I I'm really setting my bar high here, and my hopes really high. I expect Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals to get fired shortly. They've had another really bad year, and once he gets fired, he's going to have 50 million calls coming to him to be coordinator somewhere because he has a really good offensive mind. He proved it in college at Texas Tech when he had Mahomes. Really high-powered offense, and hopefully Alabama can offer the most money and the best deal to get him here because I would love for Cliff Kingsbury to be our next guy. I know we have a certain listener, and you know who I'm talking to, who hates Cliff Kingsbury. But some guys are just not good head coaches. Yeah. Some guys are just good coordinators. Sark. Yeah. If he didn't have Arch Manning, I truly believe that he would be fired. Yeah. And we could get him back. Uh, so sometimes head coaching isn't the right position for you, and, and coordinator is where you need to be. I think that Cliff Kingsbury would be a, a good offensive coordinator for Alabama. Uh, will Saban go out off the deep end and hire somebody that he hasn't worked with? That's to be determined. Who knows? Um, but uh, so I guess I guess we will see. And – Last thing I want to say about the defensive coordinator thing, uh, I talked about Jeremy Pruitt just a second ago. I had, if you listen to our previous podcast, I had said that Jeremy Pruitt, there was absolutely no shot that he was going to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama, but just because I didn't think that the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, would let him back in. Uh, since then, I have actually heard that um, it's going to be Saban's decision. Yeah. So um, that 
kind of says that Sankey's okay with it. It just depends on if Nick Saban would uh, take the risk on hiring him. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, one more note on the coaching thing where you said you have your one listener who's not a big Kingsbury fan because of his head coaching experience here. Well, look at what college coaches have gone to the NFL and really done. I mean, prime example number one is Nick Saban. Obviously, the Dolphins weren't great, but they weren't terrible. But they were not very good. And then he comes back to college, and he has a dynasty at Alabama. Another one, Matt Rule. He went from, I think it was Baylor, went to the NFL to Carolina. They were terrible, and now he's back in college. We'll see what he does there. But NFL is a completely different game than college, and it's much more sped up and much more talent, and it's just completely different. So don't judge someone based off what they've done in the NFL and not what they did in college also. Yeah, I think the only one that's really been super successful is Pete Carroll. Yeah. Really. Which um, he was successful in college, too, yeah. at first. So, I mean, there's he's just different. I think that wraps up our episode here today. Um, we'll get back kind of soon, kind of next week maybe, about the season recap and kind of just put a, a, a closing ribbon on the uh, the 2022 season and uh, kind of a, a look ahead maybe to 2023. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll get stuff going. We'll think of some stuff to talk about. We'll get you guys' opinion and – see what you guys want us to talk about. Um, But thank you guys for listening. Make sure you leave us a rating. uh, Follow us on social media. Let us know what you think, guys. Until next time, Roll Tide. Roll Tide.